welcome to Anchored by Truth, brought to you by Crystal Sea Books. In John 14.6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Our goal is to encourage everyone to grow in the Christian faith by anchoring themselves to the secure truth found in the inspired, inerrant, and infallible Word of God. The devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. New International Version. Hello, I'm Victoria Kay. Welcome to Anchored by Truth, brought to you by Crystal Sea Books. I'm here today with R.D. Fierro, author and founder of Crystal Sea Books and part-time event lighting technician. He straightens out the cords on the Christmas lights before we put them up. Today on Anchored by Truth, we're going to finish our current series where we focused on the life and historicity of Jesus. And we're going to hear the last installment of our seven-part epic Christmas poem, The Golden Tree, The Frost Lion. When we left off last time, the koala bears who live in the Arctic village that surrounds the golden tree had just encountered the frost lion for the first time in their history. The bears have lived in the valley surrounding the tree for many generations and had heard of the frost lion, but this is the first time they've ever seen him and they have only seen him now because the lion has chosen to come to their village. Why did the frost lion choose to come to their village now, Artie? Well, I'd like to say hello to everyone who's joining us here today. If you haven't been with us and heard the first six parts of the golden tree, the frost lion, I would really encourage everyone to go and do that. But maybe I can catch you up a little bit. The biggest reason that the frost lion chose to enter the bear's village at this time is because something has happened to the bears who live in the village near the golden tree for the first time in all the generations that they've lived near the tree. For the first time since the bears came to that village, found the golden tree, and settled in their village, they have had visitors that have come to their village from their ancestral homeland. A bear named Roleb and his traveling companion have made an arduous journey to the north from their village down under because Roleb and his friend were concerned about the state of their village's faith. Now, Roleb's traveling companion died just before they could actually reach the village around the golden tree, and Roleb himself was very near the point of death. Now, they had known that to make a quest of the type that they were undertaking, to travel to the great far north, they knew it would be dangerous, but they had made that trek because they were afraid that their homeland was right on the verge of losing its faith in the bear's creator, who they call the great white koala bear. So to try to preserve their own tribe's faith, these two bears from down under went searching in the Arctic, even though they had been mocked by their fellow townspeople for doing so. Now, fortunately for Roleb and his friend, 
two teenage bears from the Golden Tree Village had spotted Roleb just as he collapsed on the snowy wasteland outside the village, and Roleb had told them that he had a lost friend, so that had kicked off a search for Roleb's missing friend, and with the aid of a great ice eagle named Gabriel, they found the lost friend, but he had just died. Well, they brought the lost friend back to the village where Roleb already was, and when they got back to the village, the frost lion was there. But no one knows what the frost lion can do, and no one knows what the frost lion will do. So, it's time to find out what happens to Roleb and his traveling companion in this Christmas epic poem, The Golden Tree, The Frost Lion. The great frost lion looked around, then said with majestic declaration, There is one bear who is missing. What reason for needless separation? Kodan instantly realized their error and sent a group to the home of Koray. Great king, we should have brought both strangers. We hasten now to obey. In scarcely moments, the chastened bears returned carrying Roleb, who was so still that for all intents he might also have been dead. The frost lion now studied the two before him and said, To bring life is why I have come. Life abundant to all who thirst for mercy, truth, and freedom. In voice like thunder that echoes afar, the frost lion issued his command. Roleb, and true friend who sought for the truth, I instruct you now to stand. Immediately, Roleb rose to his feet, as did his true friend to his side. Then both knelt before the white lion. Lord, we praise you for our new life. But this petition we now must present for our country that we left behind. They do not know of your wondrous grace. To help them, we came seeking a sign. But you are much greater than we envisioned, greater than any sign you could give. Please come to our land and reveal yourself, so our land may once again live. I will indeed one day return, for all of creation is mine. But the season I come, my father will choose. I must await the appointed time. But until then, I have left my disciples to bring my word to all nations. Look about you and see the workers that I have prepared these many generations. Ask my children who have lived their lives near my precious and golden tree, whether any would be willing to accompany you and my message to your clan to speak. The village bears now looked at each other, for they knew what was being asked. Who among them would be willing to go? Who would accept the evangelist task? With much discussion, the village chose Kopal to go south with Roleb and his friend. But the frost lion then asked, Is there only one bear you would send? You bears are much stronger together, for this world will bring its tribulation. If more than one goes, a greater witness is there, for the message will have confirmation. 
For a long time the bears looked at each other, for they knew to answer the call would mean leaving their village behind. They would have to surrender their all. Mother, I think I'm the one who must go. Coest finally spoke to Coray. I feel the call to share with others. The Frost Lion is the life, the truth, and the way. Coray stared at her child. Tears welled up in her eyes. My daughter, you are my bliss and joy, my eldest and the love of my life. But I too hear the call of the lion, and you have the purest of hearts. Though it pains me to see you now leave, it is your own quest. I know you must start. I will go, Coest said to the town, as many bears gasped in surprise. But Kodan stepped forward and took her hands. I can see that you now realize. Our lives are not our own. They were bought by a great price. The tree that has always nourished our town was the great white bear's sacrifice. In the heavens above, the angelic host now once again appeared. They spoke of the power, beauty, and light, the majesty of the great white bear then proclaimed the work of the mighty Frost Lion in completing Redemption's story. For the Frost Lion had come long ago to personify his father's glory. The bears joined the song with great joy, for they knew of a glory terrestrial. But above the stars in a midwinter night sang eagles of the glory celestial. The frost lion then began to ascend, and as his form climbed into the heights, the bear saw him begin to glow with the most brilliant of ethereal lights. I have been given the authority that is present in all parts of creation. Therefore go and proclaim this truth. Go to every tribe, tongue, and nation. Be sure of this, I remain with you. I will empower you to give and teach. For my desire at Christmas time is with my gift all bears to reach. Brolev and his friend, Coest and Copal, Coray, Kojan, and Kodan, spent many days celebrating with the bears while the journey to the south they planned. They were faithful bears, all tried and true and the new command they would obey. But as they prepared, as all bears should, they would enjoy the blessings of Christmas Day.
So the Frost Lion was able to raise Roleb's friend from the dead. But I hope that most listeners notice that the Frost Lion didn't just stop with restoring the life and health of the two bears down under. The Frost Lion began the process of addressing the deeper need, the fact that the bear clan down under was losing its faith. So just like Jesus did after his resurrection, the Frost Lion commissioned missionaries from the Golden Tree Village to carry the good news back with Roleb and his friend. Obviously, the message you are sending through this poem is that we live in a day and age when many people in our own clans are losing or have lost their faith. And we need to be missionaries to our family and friends. Because if we aren't, who will be? Yes, and again, for any listeners who haven't heard the previous episodes of The Frost Lion, they can go to our website, crystalseabooks.com, and listen to the episodes of Anchored by Truth that contain those earlier portions of The Frost Lion. And since Anchored by Truth is available on most major podcasting apps, listeners who have a particular podcasting app that they like can also find those episodes. Really, it would be great if the listeners could get the whole story. And again, that's available through this series of Anchored by Truth. And so anyone who wants to catch up and hear all the action and adventure that led up to today's conclusion, I would just encourage them to go to their favorite podcasting app, or they can just go to our website, crystalcbooks.com. And just as a reminder, as of the time of the production of this broadcast and podcast in late 2022, The Frost Lion has not yet been made available for commercial release, but that will happen in the early part of 2023. And that's a good note. So let's just focus for a minute more on the reason that the Frost Lion has now chosen to visit the bears, who are essentially his disciples, who live in the village around the Golden Tree. The Frost Lion came into the village because for the first time since the bears had come to live near the Golden Tree, they had been presented with a missionary need. In other words, the Golden Tree bears now knew that their ancestors had actually been saved by the Golden Tree many generations ago. Their ancestors had been saved for a reason. The reason that their ancestors had been saved has now been brought to their attention in a very unmistakable way. Well, if we went back to the first part of the Golden Tree Tales, which is the Golden Tree Komari's Quest, we heard the heroine Komari say something significant, which was quoted by Kodan in The Frost Lion. In her confrontation with the demon lord, Komari said, For if not for the tree, which of us would ever have been born? The tree saved our forebears when they came upon it that morn. Ever since then, we've not been our own. Our lives bought for a price. This tree that was sown for you and me was the great white bear's sacrifice. So that's part of the point you're making with this whole epic saga. Those of us who know Christ as our Savior have been saved for a reason. Right. So, again, back to the answer to the question of why did the Frost Lion appear now in the history of these bears who have lived near the Golden Tree for many generations. The Frost Lion came to the village now because he wanted to give a mission to the bears who lived near the Golden Tree. And the mission that the Frost Lion was going to give to the bears is sometimes termed the Great Commission. And that term, the Great Commission, That's what's often used to describe what Jesus said to his followers in Matthew chapter 28. 
and we heard a portion of Matthew 28 actually repeated in the section of the frost lion that we heard today. You see, after his resurrection, Jesus told the followers who had been with him throughout his earthly ministry that the time had come for them to, quote, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you, close quote. Now, that quote is from the New International Version of the Bible from Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, and that verse is sometimes, as we've said, termed the Great Commission. So the reason that the frost line appeared in the Golden Tree Village at this time reminds us that there came a time and place in history when the Lion of Judah entered the world history to conduct his earthly ministry. And as we have talked about in other episodes of Anchored by Truth, the time that Jesus entered world history as the God-man wasn't a random time. It was the time that had been chosen by the Father before the foundation of the world. Up to that time, the world was being prepared for the arrival of the Messiah, the Anointed One, because it was at that time that the good news of salvation was going to be made available to a much larger audience. Right. Before the incarnation of Jesus, it's not that there weren't Gentiles who had worshipped the one true God. There certainly were. You can think of Ruth, for instance, in the Old Testament, who was a Moabitess and was not a member of the nation of Israel, but clearly came to be a worshipper of the Jewish faith. But prior to Jesus' arrival on the earth, the primary audience for God's message that he was going to provide a Savior to all the world had been the Jews. Well, all of that changed after Jesus came to the earth. After Jesus' earthly life and after his death and resurrection, not only did Jesus issue a commission to his followers that they were to preach the gospel, but he said they were to go to all nations and not just confine their witness about the good news that a Savior had been provided to the Jewish nation. So Jesus issued that great commission to his first followers, But immediately after Jesus did that, and we start to see the early Christian church forming, we see the rise of other great evangelical and apostolic giants, such as the Apostle Paul. Other witnesses for Jesus came on the scene, and they began a concerted outreach to the Gentile nations, as well as continuing to spread the gospel among the Jews. But Jesus knew that this outreach was not going to be easy. Jesus was very well aware of the difficulty that his followers were going to face as they carried out this great commission. And that's one of the reasons I believe that he made it so plain that that was a specific mission that he was now assigning his followers. It would have been much more natural for his followers just to want to talk to their fellow Jews or to their fellow Israelites. That would have been easy and simple for them. But to send them out to all the nations of the world, that was going to be hard. That was going to be difficult. But that was the right thing for those people to do because that is the very reason that God had preserved his chosen people, the Jews, for thousands of years. That calls to mind a line out of the West Point Cadet Prayer that you mentioned to me a long time ago. The line says, quote, O God, our Father, Make us choose the harder right rather than the easier wrong, and never to be content with a half-truth when the whole can be won, unquote. Exactly. God had selected and preserved a people for himself 
because it was through that people he was going to bring a Savior for the whole world. And Jesus, of course, was that Savior. But even after proving that he was the Son of God and the Messiah through his earthly ministry, Jesus still had one final portion of his overall mission that he had to complete, and that was to send his followers to carry the message of salvation to the rest of the world. Because until that message of salvation was sent to the rest of the world, the rest of the world was still going to be under the burden and curse of sin. But the message of salvation that Jesus brought could change that, and it did change that. And that calls to mind Jesus' saying in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28-9, quote, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, unquote. Jesus' promise is to help us bear our burdens, not merely to dismiss them from our lives, but we have to hear the good news for it to be effective in people's lives. Exactly right. So, living near the golden tree had brought many blessings to the bears in the Arctic village, but now they were finding out it wasn't enough for them just to enjoy those blessings. They had a responsibility to share their blessings with others. So that brings us to another question. Couldn't Roleb and his companions just go back to their village and tell their friends and neighbors they had seen the golden tree, the frost lion, and the northern bears? Well, they could have, but certainly it was going to strengthen their witness to have others from the golden tree village come alongside them and support their testimony. And that's something that anyone who has ever tried to testify to their friends or neighbors will tell you. We all have a responsibility to give a reason for the hope that lies within us. That's 2 Peter 3.15, a very well-known verse. But our witness is strengthened when we have others who will go with us and add their voices to our testimony. And that's one of the reasons that it's so important for Christians to always be involved in Christian fellowship with other believers. You know, sometimes we hear an old admonition that says, If it's to be, it's up to me. Well, of course that's true, but sometimes we can invest too much emphasis in that old admonition. Now, of course, we have to all do our part, but we should also be ready to seek the help of others in our own missionary activities, even if it's just to our friends and family. That's a really important point. As Christians, we can get so caught up in struggling to be good believers, good workers, or good parents or family members that we can forget to turn to other believers for support and help. And we must always trust the Lord to support us and depend on the Lord to provide for us. There's nothing wrong with hard work, but ultimately, if we think that our lives and destinies on this earth are all about us, we are in danger of relying on our strength rather than the Lord's. Right. And again, our model in how to approach the struggles that we face in carrying out the Great Commission or any other responsibility of our Christian life is always Christ himself. And Christ's struggle with Satan in the wilderness over the temptations that Satan presented, that's a good model, because even Jesus did not depend on his own strength when he had to respond to the temptations presented by Satan. Jesus went to Scripture. And most people may not realize that all of the Scriptures Jesus used came from probably one of the least well-known books in the Bible, Deuteronomy. 
Christ quoted Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3 in response to the first temptation Satan presented. He quoted Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16 in response to the second temptation, and Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13 in response to the third temptation. This certainly reinforces the need to study the entire Bible. Jesus certainly knew all of the Old Testament and used it in his life. Right. Part of us fulfilling our role in the Great Commission is recognizing that the Lord is sovereign and we are not. Even Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane for the Father's will to be done and not his own. We must be willing to witness and testify to others, kindly and gently, always. But ultimately, the results of our witness and testimony are up to God. Only God can bring a change to the human heart. Jesus is both the source of the instruction and Jesus is also the strength for our obedience. So turning to Jesus should always be our first response to everything that we do in our lives. But all too often I fear that rather than turning to Jesus as our first response, it's our last resort. Because as you say in your book, Purposeful Prayers, quote, the whispered prayer that stirs the hand of God dwarfs the most powerful force in the universe, unquote. Yes. The one big advantage that the bears who lived near the golden tree had over their southern relatives was that those bears had learned that ultimately the supply for their needs came from a source outside themselves. They had lived near that golden tree for generations. They knew that there was a source of blessing and strength outside of their own effort, and that's where they placed their trust. Anyone or anything that tempts you to place your trust in anything other than God cannot be of God. It's not that we shouldn't work hard to develop our own skills and abilities. We most certainly should. But we must always keep our own skills and abilities in the proper perspective. The Apostle Paul essentially affirmed the sentiment in one of the best-known verses from the Bible, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, quote, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, unquote. Exactly. We should learn from the Golden Tree Village Bears example to be discerning when the world presents us with challenges or opportunities or commissions. This sounds like a great time for a prayer. Today, since we're so close to New Year's Day, let's listen to a prayer for blessings to come to us in the new year. A Prayer for Celebrating New Year's Day Blessed and Holy Father, You are the God who has always been and who will always be. You are higher above the heavens than the heavens are above You. Finite men are overwhelmed when we think about the absolute sovereignty of Your being. Today, Lord, we mark the beginning of a new year. As we transition from the old to the new, we want to rededicate ourselves to your service and be reminded again of your unmatched love for us. Though you are transcendent in all ways, you care so much for us that you come into our world to meet with us, speak with us, and adopt us into your divine family. We are blessed to be called sons and daughters by you and to have the privilege of calling you Father. Especially at this time, we remember your word that tells us to forget what is behind us and to press forward toward the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Help us to live today and throughout the new year in the light of your loving forgiveness and redemption. Give us a new vision for this new year 
a vision for how we may mature into the servants that you want us to be. We ask for your blessings of health, strength, and prosperity for our families and us. But even beyond this, grant us to become better ambassadors for you. Through clocks and calendars, we measure the days and year. We praise you that there is no one who can measure or begin to count yours. If anyone could number your days or mark out your path, you would not be God. There is no one in heaven or earth who can. Because you are so great and transcendent, we give you honor and praise. Because you sent Christ Jesus to take our place on the cross, we offer our worship and love. Because your Holy Spirit abides in us, we can testify to the truth. Christ is Savior and Lord, and in his magnificent name we pray and give thanks. Amen. We hope you'll be with us next time, and we hope you'll take some time to encourage some friends to tune in also, or listen to the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to hear more, try out crystalseabooks.com, where... We're not perfect, but our boss is.